Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com backslash The Gamer's Advocate. The Gamer's Advocate. Target acquired. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 37 of the Gamer's Advocate. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. Hey, I'm Jack. Bill's not here. Get over it. And I did something horrible. Why don't you tell him, Jack? Adam just broke the world. Now we're down to one mic and we're sharing it like a couple of hobos over a hungry sandwich. <laughs> I was setting up today and uh, the mic fell out of my hand and the cord went with it. Oops. <laughs> so if anyone has a soldering gun and some solder... Uh, preferably lead-free, because, you know, I don't want brain damage, and I tend to eat it. Uh, send it to podcasts at thegamersadvocate.com. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. So, yeah, today we have another just really fun show. We're just going to be talking about all kinds of awesome stuff, what we've been doing, some news, all that jazz. And I just kind of want to start off with, how's your week been, Jack? Pretty good. Steve Ballmer's gone, so hallelujah. Um, I'm sure all the Microsoft fans love that. And I'm really excited. And you got to take a phone call. Yeah, I know. You've been saying that for a while, that you don't like Steve Ballmer. Is there, like, a reason why? I don't like his face. I don't know anything. <laughs> I guess that's a good start. No, but he's, like, he seems kind of creepy, like, in the press conferences. And uh, he seems mean. And I don't know. He's got bad vibes. He doesn't have, like, Steve Jobs vibes. Yeah, but Steve Jobs is evil. Well, he... What? <laughs> he was a mean person. <laughs> Well, he was eccentric, I guess, too, but but Bomber kind of, I mean, you can be eccentric and weird and whatever you want, but you have to be successful, and Steve Jobs was, kind That's of, true. but they had to fire him first and <laughs> bring him back, and then when he came back, he was even better. Very true. Made Pixar. Thank you, Steve. Maybe that'll happen with Steve. I don't know. I really don't know anything about him, but I know Microsoft needs a better direction, and it seems like they've been screwing up a lot. Yeah, but like they they just reorganized all a lot of their divisions, and Steve ba- and Ballmer's gone, so I think they're I think they're on the right track. I don't know, maybe I know their tablets haven't worked, their phones haven't worked, their operating system sucks. The Xbox is awesome. Well, I don't know. Now it is, I guess they're kind of screwing that up too. No, they've been much better lately. I well, they've been backtracking a whole lot, and I guess you can tell some of our listeners what the changes are. We already talked about that. Did we? Yeah. Well, then shut up. I don't <laughs> nice like try, you. Jack. <laughs> I still have my PS4 pre-ordered, so whatever. I don't care. Speaking of which, they they announced the release date for the PS4. Yeah. Do you remember what it is? November 15th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a good memory. <laughs> yeah, November 15th, that Friday. Mark your calendars, take off work, do whatever you have to do. Just make sure you are playing the PlayStation 4. Pee your pants and tell people you have problems and then yeah, they'll exactly. let you leave. So I, I think if you like pee your pants at work, they'll let you go home. I think that's true. <laughs> they might call the insane asylum or something. You never know. I don't know. It depends on where you work, I guess. Yeah, that's I, true. Where would you work where peeing your pants would let, they let you stay? Uh, insane asylum. They <laughs> 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 keep you? Probably hospitals, nursing homes, insane asylums, or if you were if you drove the honey wagon. Yeah, there you go. For people who don't know what the honey wagon is, look it up. (laughs) (laughs) 
So how? So the 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 big question remains, since we're going to run away from Honeywell. Right. <laughs> the question remains is when is the Xbox going to be announced? So or released. Right. So we know the PS4 is going to be the 15th, and when is the Xbox One coming? Do you have any ideas? Um, really, I don't. I don't really care that much. I mean, the PS. Well, I don't. That doesn't matter. I'm just asking you. <laughs> I know you don't care. <laughs> well, then whatever. You tell me. I don't. You know. I think it'll come out the same time the PS4 comes out, or they're gonna try and try and rush it. I mean, they've got to get. They got to get it out before this holiday season, or else well, they're no, stupid. I, it's gonna be around that time. I just meant like a date or something. If you had anything in, okay. I, I think it's like um, mid December. I don't think I PlayStation's usually ahead in manufacturing and also what they're doing. So they already said November. Who Xbox? Well then, shut up. You tell him. <laughs> I'm just trying to test your knowledge. <laughs> He's making me look like an idiot. And I mean, we don't I need was any more to proof. Give you a pedestal to be a genius. That's what I was doing. We don't need any more proof about this kind of stuff. We already know the jury's the jury's in. And no, the verdict is in. It was it was very interesting because uh, Gamescom when PlayStation announced they were going to announce their date, you just know that Microsoft was not going to say anything before they said it because. You know, if Microsoft set a date and then Sony came first, then they would be kind of screwed again. So they they wanted they were playing it careful this time, which might work in their favor because there's a lot of rumors now that there was actually an email that was going around some Microsoft employees and stuff that November 8th is going to be the date, which would be that fr- the Friday, the week before the PlayStation 4. Well, I guess it's smarter because apparently they can't be the leader anymore because when they tried, they totally failed and fell flat on their face. So they just have to play kind of catch up or or see what Sony's doing first. I guess that's smarter because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but I, see, I, I have to disagree with you there because they've made a lot of changes since that, yeah. that E3 thing. I mean, it's, it's it's like the PlayStation 4, I think, is still winning the race, obviously, but it's, it's hard to knock them because they... I mean, they should have done it in the first place, but they made a lot of good changes. Yeah, they made changes because of well, right. the fact they didn't know what they were doing initially. I mean, they haven't kept their strategy or their messaging the same since day one. So I really don't know. I mean, I'm glad they're changing stuff and they're fixing stuff, but I don't know what to think about them when they really don't have anything set in stone. Yeah, well, let me let me just kind of talk to you about something that I kind of... I actually wrote an article about this, how I kind of forgave Microsoft... And the most important thing that or ally that Microsoft has is time and, in a sense, ignorance. Because, first of all, not the whole population of the world, our country, anything like that, does not pay as close attention to the industry as we do and to some of our diehard fans, like the Call of Duty people and Battlefield people and those fans. Sometimes they're just going to play their games and go about their day. Another thing is time. I mean, when when all these bad things happen, you think to now to when a few months pass and you forget about it. I mean, remember when PSN went down for like months and people were freaking out and said Sony's done and now no one even remembers it. Like once these consoles are launched, especially and then when we get into next year and Titanfall comes out and Halo comes out and all these bigger games, these this messaging and these mistakes that Microsoft made are going to be a thing of the past. And like we'll remember it and that's 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 kind of it, it might hurt them a little bit in the short term and for some of their hardcore fans, but Time is a very valuable ally. I mean, I, I, I agree with you that people's memories are short, yeah. um, but on, on the other side, hardcore fans or people who actually give a crap uh, about their money and uh, kind of their investment in gaming, because 
for hardcore gaming, I mean, once you kind of make a decision or a direction, you spend a lot of money and time doing that. So if you're smart, you plan it out properly. Like a friend of mine, diehard Xbox uh, fan, Xbox 360, definitely going to get the new Xbox, but the red ring of death that happened initially with the 360 launch is holding him back. He will not buy a new console until at least a year or new technology at least a year until after it comes out. I know there's early adopters or whatever, but this kind of broke him of that, of like first day launch uh, stuff. Now, I still feel comfortable going with PlayStation 4 and keeping that and going in that direction because their consoles have been solid. Correct. I mean, they've always been solid. The PS1, the PS2, the George Foreman grills. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can say what you want, but I... I don't know of any serious problems that they've had that are systemic that that were as bad as kind of the red ring of death uh, problem. Yeah, like I've said before, I had my launch PS3 till two months ago. Yeah. I mean, it, no problems at all. It was amazing. It is. It is funny how um, <laughs> these things kind of fail when the new generation's coming out. I I don't know. I had like a conspiracy theory about uh, the Xbox because. After the Red Ring of Death problems, my Xbox 360 died um, right when the slim models were coming out, or the new and improved ones. I'm like, that's uh, coincidence. And that was exactly the same time when they updated a huge, that big update to uh, Xbox Live. So I'm like, okay, they just downloaded a virus or whatever. But really, it was an overheating problem, and right. then it killed the killed the chips. So no, but I think I mean I think for well, your friend, it's a very smart strategy to wait it out because there's always going to be some problems. I mean, when you look at like MMORPG launches. There's always failures. Like the, the game, a game just got released yesterday, Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn. They kind of like redid the whole thing because it, it, it launched back in 2010 or something and it was horrible and it was not very fun. So they went back and they redid the whole thing and they launched, they relaunched basically the MMO. And it's it's been getting great praise. The beta went very well. Everything was like, everyone was really excited about it and people can't log in now. Like, we kind of had that problem with the SimCity or Diablo or anything. Like, it launches, and then you just don't realize the excitement and how many people are going to be playing and the peak times, and you just get overwhelmed. And it's just, it's crazy. It's inevitable. I mean, as great as a system is and a game is, there's always going to be problems at launch. So waiting might be the smart choice. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I mean, that's why they have testers, though. I mean, you saw the room of testing just the controller and all the ways. They, I mean, they tout the ways they test all these things. And then there's, like, alpha testing and beta testing. Um, so, you know, I, I don't like to give people a ton of leeway when they tell me, like, a product's ready and they put it out on the market. I expect it to be solid. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. But you have to also think that these people probably are to doing the best they can to make it work and with like the big big wigs up top pushing them and there's set dates and all these all the pressure sometimes it, these things just happen i mean the diablo 3 sim city i mean this final fantasy mmorpg they're from some of the best uh, companies in gaming and yeah i mean there is there is a, a point where you say it should be working and maybe you should have delayed it and maybe you should have, should have done that but I'm sure a lot of their testing came back positive, but once it's out in the wild, it's a little it's a little different story. But I mean, I I completely agree. When when you buy a product, it should damn well work. Right. I mean, you know, I I think that's just something that should happen, especially hardware. I mean, I could see maybe to some degree 
servers or maybe some kind of weird software glitch where you're like, oh man, because I mean that's that's really complicated. Not to say that the hardware is less as less complicated, but sometimes it, I think it kind of is. Um, I mean, you should know that a product works. I mean, right? You know. <laughs> Or, or recall it or something. I mean, even like baby strollers or cars or automobiles, they have recalls on, on those more more simple things, I think. You know, like a baby stroller, how complicated could it, could it be? But they don't want people getting hurt or, or something. And people get out and, you know, they sue and all this other stuff. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I can understand your point, but uh, I'm just kind of harder on people to do that. I mean, that's why I think Apple is one of the... They're the richest company in the world because their items are solid when they hey, come the out. iPhone 4, remember that whole fiasco with the cell phone, with the cell, the signal? And Steve Jobs was like, you're holding the phone wrong. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that that was a big hardware problem. It's it's sometimes hard to tell those things. And it's it's also hard to know if they knew about this and were like, maybe it'll be okay. Or if they really did put their heart and soul into it and really thought it was going to work, but then it didn't. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. So what you're saying is just hold off. No, that being said, I'm getting both on day one. <laughs> I was just playing devil's advocate a little bit. Don't don't buy any new systems, everybody. Just stay at home and, uh, you know, See, just wait. Because there's a difference between a sound theory and what I just need in my life. Because <laughs> I have a sickness and I need every new thing, as you saw with, like, Disney Infinity, where I bought everything, <laughs> all these new systems. I just, I just need... I'm an early adopter. That's I mean that's that's what it is. I need I love being one of the few people to have the new system to be part of the conversation to know really what's going on and that's just I that's what I love and I I'm, I'm going to do it. You like uh, shiny new toys. Yeah, but I completely understand if you're going to wait and if I had any semblance of sanity, <laughs> I would wait too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and it and it really depends on kind of your budgeting and your pocketbook oh, for and sure. I mean especially around the holiday season. I mean, you got to you got to just, you know, not break the bank on it. I mean, some people do more than others, but, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of part of gaming. Yeah, I've been saving for near two years now for yeah. this stuff because, I, I mean, I'm getting both systems and I'll just, like, there's so many good launch games. It's yeah. insane. Like, usually there's one, two, maybe three, but there's probably, for each system, maybe like four or five that I want to get at launch. It's crazy. Yeah, plus GameStop doesn't help. I mean, if you're a Power Up Rewards member and you're there at games, every time you're in there, they got like four titles. Oh, I know. It's you crazy. Know, four new titles. Come in, you know, come on in, you know, you shoot, you pre-order this <laughs> and get the season pass, and then, you know, you need that extra controller because those are selling out faster than the systems and blah, 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 you know, blah. The good, the good <laughs> thing about where I'm at, though, is you know how, like, you get points for being a Power Up Rewards member? When I buy the PS3 and Xbox, I'll probably hit fifty thousand. So I'll have a fifty dollars gift card. So I'll be able to get a free game. So that's nice. I mean, I you know I don't mean to badmouth games. I mean they're doing their job. I'm glad they're kind of keeping me in the loop and reminding me of these games. But it's like it's tough. It's like it's like a it's like a double edged sword because I want yeah, these sure. I want these other things for the current gen. But then I got to be thinking about the next gen because I want I don't have a Vita yet. I don't have you know everything that that'll make my experience I think better because you can play with the the Vita screen any game apparently and I I'd, I'd love for that to work because I'm not home as much as I used to be you know when you're a kid you know and you come home from school early and you got tons of time to be in front of the TV and the console if I can take these games and play them for an extra thirty minutes maybe here or there at a lunch break or or something uh, I think that'd be awesome you know yeah for sure I mean that's why I love the Vita. Because I can play it while my 
fiance. Oh yeah, my new fiance. <laughs> while she's watching TV or while we're laying in bed or anything like that. It's just a lot of people are saying, oh, it doesn't have these big console games. It doesn't have what it was promised to. But I don't need that. Like I like having a different experience that I could play while doing something else or while I'm traveling or while yeah at a lunch break. It's just it's very it's a very nice to have. I know it gets a lot of crap, but I have not regretted my Vita for one second. And and it is different than I mean smartphones are getting better and maybe eventually they'll they'll be they are kind of competitive but not really I mean it's really not not there yet especially if you can get like dual analog sticks and all the buttons and See, but that's another thing I don't think phones necessarily need to do that because they're eating into the handheld market like nobody's business because everyone has them right. so it's easy to take these games and like with games it's like I mean Plants for Zombies two just came out and it is incredible like let me tell you what. And, and the craziest thing is it's a free-to-play game. And, I mean, we know, we've talked about this, the whole free-to-play, they try and nickel and dime you. I haven't spent one cent, and I've probably played for maybe three, four hours, and I'm not even halfway done with the game. And, like, you don't need to spend money. And it's crazy. But And the good thing about that is when they when a company like PopCap, who makes Plants for Zombies, does it that way, it makes me want to spend money. So even if they're like there, you can buy new plants and some new items. Like I kind of want to buy that to support them. So it's like it, it they kind of get goodwill when they say we're going to give you this for free. You can try it out, but if you like us, support us. And I'll I mean I'll do that because I respect that. When a lot of people like your Simpsons game or these other things, when they are like you need to spend twenty bucks to continue playing, or you can spend one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> to get all these coins. It's just it just turns you up instantly. Yeah, the, I, I think there's a fine line for sure. Um, I'm kind of cheap with mobile gaming, though. I, I really don't spend a whole lot of money uh, on that because I like to save my money for the AAA titles, for for the stuff. So maybe, maybe on the opposite end of I like mobile gaming. It's really not the same for me, and it won't eat into my other gaming market share. And I, I'm saving up more money and time to get, get the handheld, to get the other AAA titles and, and do that. Right, and and I also must say that some of it, and no offense to you Android lovers out there, because I think it's a great platform and it is doing good things, but the iPhone is much better for gaming. Yeah. Like, there's so many more games, and, and a lot of games come to iPhone first, and then they get ported to Android. So I think it might be a little different if you had an iPhone. Maybe maybe not, but but like the iP- I just I love my iPhone because there's so many great games and so many time wasters, and I never have a dull moment because I just flip my phone on and I keep going. Adam's kind of a more of an expert on this now too, because he just got the S3. Uh, that's what I've had uh, as my smartphone. I haven't had the the iPhones yet. Uh, I I might get that when I re up. You know, I still got one more year, and I get the new the new phones. We so. got the iPhone six together. Woo! iPhone six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's that, yeah the S3 is a good phone. It's my I got it for a work phone, and it's good. I mean, I'm not a convert. I'm not converted or anything, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a beautiful screen, good phone, all that jazz. So it's been it's been good. It's it's a solid smartphone. I, I can get what you mean that you know iPhone has a couple better options. And I've, I've been, and I've had it since the first iPhone, so I'm just biased and so used Ooh, to it. <laughs> you're so you're so locked in that oh, yeah. you can you can never escape. You exactly. can never escape. Exactly. The hardest part is going to be on September 10th when they announce the iPhone 5s. Because even though it won't be probably won't be that much different, I'm going to be like I need it. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily those are the one things that I hold back on because. Without an upgrade, they're like six hundred dollars, and ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, you need to you need to save that. That's serious money. You need to like take it easy on that yeah. stuff. <laughs> so I'll, I'd rather buy a PS4 than 
Right. It's less. I could buy a PS4 and like four games for that price. Unless instead of getting like another phone with like one or two other yeah, options. Exactly. Yeah. So Apple, if you're listening, do not make any crazy new features. So I'm tempted to buy it. Please. <laughs> yeah, you'll ruin Adam. I'm sorry. So Jack, how was your week? What have you been doing? Playing? Anything exciting? Well, um, we've been playing. Uh, Saints Row, the new Saints Row. You so much fun. <laughs> you have it on uh, PlayStation. I have it on the Xbox. Um, and we've been comparing it a lot to uh, Grand Theft Auto V, or just Grand Theft Autos in general. At least I have. Um, that's what I've been playing, and we'll kind of, I guess, get into that. Um, that. That's mainly that's the main thing. I think I, I logged about ten hours in that. I'm like twenty nine percent of the way through. Uh, it's a great game. Great sandbox. Yeah. Maybe tell us a little about it. Like, what do you like about it? What what don't you like about it? Are you having a grand old time? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, we were talking earlier. You said it reminds you. It kind of reminds you, or it makes you think that this is, they could have renamed this game Crackdown 3. I think, well, that's, I, I actually, I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I stole that from the guy at GameStop who's like, oh, do you like Crackdown? I'm like, sure I do. It's like, it's like Crackdown 3. It's like what Crackdown 2 should have been, plus like, cool stuff so basically you're running around in the sandbox apparently it's the same city from um saints row 3 is what i've heard and some people don't don't like it as much who got saints row 3 because it's kind of a rehash of the city and the layout so i could see the critique there it's not as polished it's not like oh the most beautiful game ever but it's fluid because you have these superpowers and you're you can move through the city so fast it's awesome like I really like being like an overpowered character. I mean, maybe maybe that's me, but like I like to have like godlike powers, and then, and the game does balance it. I know people say there's balancing issues and like it's not hard enough. Well, up the difficulty. I'm playing on normal. Um, some of the fights I'm almost died in multiple times. I failed a couple missions. Uh, it depends on how you fight in the game and your play style, what vehicles you're using, this, that, and the other. I mean, if you're using guns. It gets tougher than versus like you know calling up a tank and dropping it down in the middle of the city and just just blowing everything up. But even when you're in a vehicle, uh, they have the warden system where the wardens come out and they're like you know super tough aliens, and they they'll they'll bash you out of the vehicles or whatever, and you'll fight them. And it's kind of like a, a superhero battle almost. It's like what a Superman game should have been, like Superman meets Crackdown meets kind of Grand Theft Auto with, like, off-the-cuff humor. So, I mean, and I know Grand Theft Auto had that, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's a great game. I really, really like this game. I want to play more. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. And it's, and yeah, people, the, the cool thing about uh, Saints Row and this, the franchise itself is it really did start, like, the first one was, a, a, like, a very much a Grand Theft Auto clone. Mm-hmm. And then every... Every entry, they kind of said, you know what, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to go more crazy. We're going to go more out of out of this world. And, I mean, Saints Row 3 was just, m- like, madness. I mean, you saw pictures with flinging purple dildos everywhere and, like, blowing people's heads up and doing all these kind of crazy events. But it was still kind of grounded in that Grand Theft Auto world. You kind of drove around. You did missions, blah, blah, blah. But Saints Row 4 is just so completely different. And it's based, basically, it's Grand Theft Auto if you were in the Matrix, I mean that's it's, you pl- it's literally you plug into like the matrix basically and there's no rules so you can have super speed super jump blast powers all this stuff and I know people say okay maybe you're overpowered and maybe it happens like that but that's exactly what I'm looking for out of this game 
I mean, I'm excited, and well, we're going to have a conversation about this because Jack is kind of not excited for GTA 5, but I'm excited for GTA 5, and I'm glad about this because it's just completely different. Like, I'm excited to drive around and get real estate and play all those things and have the good story, but this is just pure, unadulterated fun. <laughs> like, that's it's plain and simple. It's just... It, like I, when you're flying around town listening to "What Is Love, Baby, Don't Hurt Me," <laughs> the, soundtrack, yeah, the soundtracks, the soundtracks, and radio stations are awesome oh in this. God, they have yeah. some great songs in here. Aerosmith, uh, <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. And there, and there's huge, <laughs> there's huge differences in the vehicles too. Now the driving, I know initially you do do a bunch of driving. I, I say a bunch. I mean like an hour or two before you really start upping your powers. And the vehicles are solid, actually. Yeah, really. Like, I, I mean, I haven't really been using them since I got the powers, but yeah, they, they were. Some of them are pretty fun. And one of the best things about Saints Row is since it is in the Matrix, you don't have to go to a garage to get your favorite like vehicles. You basically just, when you're in a car, you press the down arrow, and it's like logs, so you can just call it wherever you are. It's such a good feature. It's ba- You basically save your vehicles, any vehicle you want that you are able to get into, to your cell phone. And you call it up. You can call it up a million it's times. It's and awesome. You can do like planes and tanks too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Planes, tanks, alien vehicles, cars, motorcycles, every single thing that you can drive in the game, you can download to the phone and you have it forever. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I mean, that's like the best thing ever. I I cannot tell you, Grand Theft Auto Four. I mean, I maybe they turned it off for me. I think that's the the city was so massive. And it took so long to get to missions. Like, you'd be driving 15 minutes to get to your mission. I mean, it's like commuting to work. <laughs> I mean, th- this is, I, I finally figured out. I was wondering why I couldn't get uh, excited about Grand Theft Auto V. And, and the problem is it's become too sim-like. Now, I know you get, Bill probably be <laughs> really excited <laughs> over this right now. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry. But the thing is, it's become, like, too realistic. It's like, well, you get to play as, like, a crazy white guy and some other black guy, and you get to do whatever you want and beat up hookers and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of kitschy, but they also have, like, you get to play golf on the golf course, and you get to, you know, drive around, and you get to buy a house, and you get to have a wife, and you get to, you know, have real estate. I mean, it seems like a Sims game with guns and a little craziness in there. Is what it is, and I don't want to play a Sims game. I don't care about, you know, the fam or you know, taking care of this or taking care of that. You know, I guess pulling off heists and planning them, and and looking at different perspectives. I mean, I guess that's cool. Um, it just seems too meticulous to me at times, though. I want to jump in, play a game, do what I want for an hour or two, and then jump out and just have a ton of fun. I don't want everything to be so serious and be so dramatic and be so like. Ugh, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely understand your concern, but I think you are judging this game a little too harsh. I mean, I like, I like, I really want you to come and see the game because, yes, it is, it is a lot more grounded. There's, it's a lot more sim. Like, yeah, you can play golf, you can do all that stuff. But I mean, Grand Theft Auto, Rockstar, like they, they're the kings of funny things and pranks and and just giving you the craziest sandbox to run around in. And yeah, it's it's gonna be simian. It's gonna feel a little different, but. I think, and and like I said, I, I could be completely wrong, but I think you might have a little skewed view on what this game actually is. And it, believe me, I, the way they're the way they're portraying it, I I can completely understand why you think like that because that's what they're kind of saying. But I think it'll be different once you're actually in there playing it. 
I mean, uh, uh, let me let me say this: Grand Theft Auto Three is one of my favorite games of all time. Great voice acting, Samuel L. Jackson in there. You get to play as a as a guy just trying to make it uh, in the ghetto. Um, I think that was really cool, well done, believable. I mean, I'll go for games like that sometimes. Then then we switch to Grand Theft Auto Four. You're a Russian immigrant trying to make it, hard knock life, you know, all that all that crap. And I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired of that kind of you build up from nothing uh, into something type of story. And I mean, I know it, it plays like a story and it's dramatic and it's great and the voice acting is great and the stories are great, but the missions aren't fun. Um, some of the people you meet, it's not fun. Um, the shooting, I know they, I know we went over, you know, they, they tweaked everything and everything's solid now right. and blah, blah, blah. And they've said all this stuff, but I don't believe them, I guess. <laughs> hey, that's fair. No, hey, you don't be ashamed of how you're feeling because I mean, it, it stems from somewhere. So it's, I, I, I don't want to feel that way, but the, right. the fact of the matter is I've picked up Grand Theft Auto 4 four or five times over a couple of years and I cannot finish that game. No. I can't play it anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, I've heard this from a lot of people where they... They love Grand Theft Auto for a while, like they're enjoying it, they're playing it, but then after a few hours, it's just like, okay, yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know if I'd say awful, but. <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like, it feels like a grind. Like, I've played MMOs and stuff, and like Warcraft, and I, you know, I sunk, you know, I don't know, 65 hours into Warcraft or World of Warcraft. Um, you know, got my character up to whatever, 50, and made a, another character or two, and that was fun, but. I can't go through the same stuff again. Like, take this person to this place, or, you know, curry someone there, or shoot this guy, and then, you know, it's like the, those NPC missions get so monotonous, and there's only so many ways you can tweak it, and so many ways you can play it. Now, if you're new to the series, and you ever played Grand Theft Auto, I mean, by all means, pick it up, because it's great. But I guess I'm just old and crotchety. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I, I kind of I have the same feeling towards Splinter Cell. So Blacklist, Splinter Cell Blacklist came out last week or something like that. And I am a huge Splinter Cell fan. I've played since the first one. I love, love, love those games. And this one come, this one came out, and it's it got incredible reviews. The previews leading up to it were all positive. But for some reason, I just could not get excited. Like, I don't know what it was. And I think I think you're right. It's like AAA fatigue. It's like you get, you get fatigued by the same experiences. Like you guys with Nintendo. I mean, you just, it's great, but it was great like the first few times. Yeah. And while I'm sure Splinter Cell is an incredible game and I'd like to get around to it one day, with everything else that's out right now, I just I don't have any drive to play it. And I think that's kind of how you're feeling with Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head here because, I mean, in the Splinter Cell, I wanted to pick it up because in the Legendary Pack or whatever pack it was, you got a full working like plane. That's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. I want a remote control plane. I just wanted to buy it for the yeah. remote control plane. I didn't even care about the game. That's how bad it, I think the fatigue was at that point. Because I'm just like, whatever. I'm gonna go outside and play a game. <laughs> like, and that brings me around to a couple of things with like Grand Theft Auto. Okay, you can play golf. Uh, you can simulate every activity in a, in a real world. Well, why don't you just go out there and do it in real life? I mean, I can go down and golf. I enjoy golfing. I'm not. I don't ever buy golf games ever i mean i know you get to play as tiger woods and whatever and you know there winter comes around sometime you can't always be outdoors but i don't want to play it virtually i mean maybe that's me yeah I mean, I, what i'm excited for and what i always love in those games is like when you get a, a jet and you steal it and you fly into the air and then you like 
parachute down and you get into yeah. a car and then you hijack some crazy car and outrun the cops and do all these crazy side missions. Like, there's so many fun things to do to just get lost in because, I mean, yeah, you're, they have all these things, but I think another thing you're missing is you don't have to do any of that. Like, you can get what you want out of that game and they give those tools to let you do that. Like, you can just you could just have your fun messing around, knocking over hookers, playing, doing stuff. I mean, yeah, you could do this the main story, but there's the great thing about those games is the freedom and the options. And that's the, that's why Saints Row is so good because it gives you those options and then adds in superpowers. <laughs> so, but in, in that game, I feel truly free. I feel like I can do whatever I want, whenever I can be like the baddest ass ever, as long as I sink some time into getting the power ups and 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 putting an investment in my character. I feel it. I feel the reward of doing that. Yeah, maybe I, I don't feel the reward in Grand Theft Auto. And I can understand that. And I think I also think. And maybe Saints Row is more for you, but Grand Theft Auto, you know, is going to be a lot more polished. I mean, Saints Row 4 is super dark, and, like, the character models aren't that great and things like that. So, I mean, but the the great thing is it doesn't matter because the game's so fun. But with Grand Theft Auto, the production value, I mean, you've seen the trailers. It's insane. It's amazing. And it, it's going to be absolutely incredible. And But then again... Maybe it's not for you, but I just say don't write it off until you see it in action because there's a difference from kind of experiencing it and seeing it from the outside and actually digging in and playing it. No, and I know definitely, and I'm I'm kind of being super critical here. I'm kind of mad at myself for not being able to get excited about it, and I've been trying to figure it out. Yeah. But I, have, I, have, I have that all the time. Like, right. don't be ashamed. It's it's weird. Like with Splinter Cell, with with some of these. Like when I mean when I when Pokemon Black and White came out, like I got every single Pokemon forever and i stopped because i'm like i just can't do this anymore mm-hmm. i mean even it's just it's crazy like after a while it just you get fatigued yeah i think yeah there, there's a fatigue there and even though it's like a solid great game well done you just can't go there anymore maybe uh, i don't know and that sucks actually uh but it is what it is and you need i guess new experiences in life um i'm excited for watchdogs and that's kind of like a grand theft auto oh, yeah, exactly. thing uh, but I think because of the different mechanics and the way it works, that it's going to be a different take on, on doing it. Instead of using guns, you're using a cell phone and hacking and use, using more of your mind, maybe. And, uh, and I, I want to try that out. Uh, it might I might get the same kind of fatigue with that. Maybe it's the style of game. Uh, I will say Last of Us was great, and that was dramatic and well done and polished. And kind of, you know, you start with nothing and you build your up your arsenal. Um you know, but they had zombies. Well, you know, zombie-like creatures. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was a little different, too, because Last of Us was, I mean, at its core, very linear. Right. Like, in the world itself, you can take different routes to attack enemies and stuff, but it was a very linear game. Right. So, and But that's a good thing, because there's so many sandbox games. Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. Saints Row, Grand Theft Auto. Like, it, it's crazy how many open-world games there are. And having Last of Us and having a game with that much polish and that much that much incredible acting and gameplay it's a nice change of pace because it's different like we're so used to these sandboxes that it's nice to have kind of a guided experience that still feels open and feels like you're making choices and in this in sandbox fatigue has been categorized and talked about and i've heard a lot of people go over it before and i get that but it's like the type of sandbox too and like how the how the main plot line interacts and how fun the distractions are. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe Saints Row 4 came around at the right time because 
I was just getting fatigued. I mean, I, it was just like, come on, I just want something where you could just jump in, have the greatest time, and then kick some ass, and then jump out. I, I, I really cannot say enough good things about Saints Row 4. I, I literally can't. Like it's 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 not the greatest game I've ever played, but it is exactly the game I wanted it to be. Yeah. Like it's exactly what I was hoping Saints Row would be, and a superpower just mess around and do that. It is perfect in that sense. It's just amazing. And maybe it's because we've been playing a lot of AAA titles that have been like super serious and like message based. This doesn't have a message. It it's off the cuff. It's dirty. It's it's great. It is like great fun. Um. You know, it's not disgusting. You know, like the like dildos everywhere, that kind right. of stuff. But but it's 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 funny. It's funny, and you can kind of control how funny it's going to get based on like what you do. Um, I mean, you can hit on every crew member and, and or people or and stuff. You can't you can't like do a hooker beat her up and steal her money or that kind of stupid stuff. I <laughs> but but it, it's just a great game, and they, and they make it so it's great to play. I mean, it's not like a chore to go do a mission or something. Because you can get to the mission in like 15 seconds. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I shouldn't talk it up that much. Because we'll, we'll say this. The NPCs aren't as great. The voice acting is okay. The polish isn't great. The the storyline and some of the missions aren't like, you know, super great and dramatic or whatever. But, but it's fun. But it is fun. It is a fun game, and IGN should have given it a better rating. You jerks. <laughs> See, because that's the key. Like, I mean, people always say, ooh, they have to have the best graphics. They have to have the best this and that. But when a game is just purely fun, it doesn't matter. Like, that stuff doesn't bother you. It's just, it's just, it's awesome. So, seriously, if you haven't gotten Saints Row, seriously consider it, because it has, and I could, I'm probably speaking for Jack as well, our highest stamp of approval. I think so, yeah. And it is a mature game, and if you're not into into that kind of stuff and some language, then then don't get it. But uh, you know that that doesn't bother me as much. So um, there you go. Yeah. So that's that, and then obviously Grand Theft Auto is coming out on September 17th, so less than a month. So we're gonna have a lot of good discussions about that one. So there you go. So uh, that was that was my kind of gaming gaming moment, gaming talk. Uh, let's let's uh, turn the tables here. Let's get uh, let's get Adam here. And uh, have him tell us what what he was up to uh, with his gaming delights. Well, a lot of Saints Row, but I must say, and I am so happy to say this, the Vita, I believe, on September 10th will have its killer app. Which is? Killzone Mercenary. Now, granted, it's hard to say that this will be a pure system seller and you need to run out and actually get it, but this game... And I've only played the beta of the multiplayer. It's so much fun. And it's literally the graphics looks like you're playing Killzone 2 or 3. It's amazing how well and it, how, how well it feels. And it, I mean, we've had Call of Duty and we've had some other games, but this is the first real first-person shooter on the Vita that I think nails it. And it does it so well. It just feels so good. It feels like, how have they not done this before? I mean, have you played the Killzone games at all? Have you played any of them? Uh, unfortunately, I never got into the Killzone. You were, for a time there, if you were PlayStation, you were Killzone. If you were 360, you were Halo, and I was in I was in Halo World. Yeah, because Killzone's it's very gritty. It's a little heavier, moving around and stuff like that. But it just feels it feels so good and tight. And I mean, when you kill someone, there's like a little like a little beeping sound that's very gratifying, and there's some nice little additions to it that keeps the game very fresh and 
it's just translated perfectly on Vita. Like it, I, I, I was trying to show Jack, but at work our Wi-Fi sucks. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> but the game is just gorgeous, and it's so much fun, and runs so smoothly. It runs at the native resolution of the Vita, which is is an impressive feat. And the Vita finally will have that one game that's going to show people this idea works. I mean, it is the most powerful handheld on the market and portable like gaming system. So um, I guess it's about time. Right. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they, they finally come to it, and they did the price drop, and they're dropping the price on the memory cards, and it's going to have compatibility for the PS4. So, I mean, as each day passes, and as, if I see this solid game, of course, Adam is going to buy it, and I'm going to be able to see it. <laughs> I'm going to have to pick up the Vita pretty soon, yeah. probably. Especially since you're getting a PS4. And yeah. at Gamescom, they finally demoed how um, remote play is going to work with Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. And it, I mean, like I said, it was a stage demo, so it's hard to tell if it works exactly like that. But he was actually running it on a Vita, and it looked exactly like the PS4 game. It's amazing. Just streamed right down and played wherever. You, I mean, I think you have to be on your home Wi-Fi network, unfortunately, for like the remote play. But, I mean, hey, that's. That's still pretty cool, but having that function on the Vita with their push for indie games, which with their push for some of the other titles you can get on it, it's just it really is going to be the perfect companion, and I I believe you're going to have one pretty soon, <laughs> and I hope you do because I love my Vita. That's very interesting. I got, I'm I'm still I'm still on the fence. I'm you know I'm on the fence on a couple things. Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, the Vita. Um, what what are their launch titles? Uh, Wii U. <laughs> yes, Wii U. Wii U had a price drop, uh, fifty bucks. So people, if you want that, also we were talking about the the DS, two uh, D DS. Yeah. So another interesting topic of discussion. Yeah. So it'll be it'll, this is kind of an interesting thing. So you know, I mean, the Vita, the PSP, the 3DS, the DS, blah blah. They have iterations. They have upgraded hardware that come out. So people. It's, they stay in touch with the advancements in technology and try and lure those people in who, like me, love the new features for things like that and will re-up and buy it again. But Nintendo took a different route, which they are known to do, and they went backwards. They announced the Nintendo 2DS. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. The Nintendo 2DS. They took a D off. Now, they've done this with, uh, you know, remember all the Game Boys? They had the, the Game Boy Pocket, the Game Boy Clear, the Game Boy, you know, they had like 20 different kinds of Game Boy that did the same exact thing. So they're kind of doing this with their DS since it's been so popular, which is, which is cool. Uh, they've dumbed it down, and in turn, they dropped the price. Yeah, so basically the 2DS is... A 3DS without 3D. I mean, it's, it does everything else the 3D 3DS does except close. It's got, it's a very weird shape. That's the one thing I don't like about it, is it's like a it's like a slate and it's got kind of like imagine a cheese wedge kind of. It's because it slants in, it gets thinner towards the bottom and stuff. But it is a 3DS that is now only 130 129.99 as opposed to 169.99 for the regular 3DS and 199 for the 3DS XL. So they're releasing this on October 12th or 14th, the same day as Pokemon, which I think is just so smart because I'm going to tell you why. Because first of all, it's releasing on a day when a lot of people will say, oh, I want Pokemon. Like the Pokemon's a huge release and it's a few weeks before Black Friday. Also, parents, this, this product is not aimed for us. This product is aimed for kids seven and under. And 
a lot of times I know parents and things, you're not really even supposed to let them use 3D to start with because there's ways to turn it off and you don't want them to hurt their brains or headaches, blah, blah, blah. But with this one, there's no 3D. It's cheaper. It's a cheaper barrier entry, and you, you don't have to feel so bad when they destroy it with food and drink and all that stuff. And it will do everything that, that they can do with a cheaper price and a simpler kind of setup. I wonder if it's a, it's more solid, too, like uh, bump or scratch resistant. Right, or, yeah. Uh, they didn't really say much of that, and I'm sure it'll get its fair, fair share of scratches, but... One hundred and thirty dollars, I think. I think is a lot better than one seventy or one ninety nine, and especially when you're doing all that holiday shopping and you can save forty bucks. I mean, that is really tempting. Right, you can pick up a game with it or something yeah. uh, with that forty bucks. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I'm sure it's shaped like that because it helps in the manufacturing process. And yeah, they blah, actually, blah, blah. It's, it's interesting. They announced save costs. They so the, I mean, you've seen a picture of it, right? It's basically one screen instead of two screens. But they put kind of like the glass over the top screen because it is a touch screen, but they put it over the top so you can't use it as a touch screen. So they saved money by making a one screen instead of two screens like all the other 3DSs. So it's, it's I mean, it's weird. It's a weird product. I mean, it's it's not for any of us. I The shape is, is strange, but I think it's just, it's such a smart move and it just shows that Nintendo still has it. I mean, they, with obviously the Wii U and all those problems, blah, blah, blah. But with the handheld market with the 3DS, they know that they are killing it in the handheld market. But they they don't want to settle. They don't want to settle. They, they want to continue that push and capture everybody. Right. And I think this will help push some people over the fence. Yeah, I'm sure it will help capture market share, and I'm sure their margin's great on the device. So I guess why not? Because yeah. people are going to buy it, so there you go. Exactly. <laughs> why? I mean, yeah, they can make a new one with some nice new bells and whistles and <laughs> add some things, but to really try and hit that other market and those parents and people that were like, hey, it's a cheaper one, it does everything it needs to, and I save some money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, why not? So so since we're kind of on the, the kitty corner here, <laughs> um, not to diss uh, Disney Infinity, but... We did the unboxing or whatever, and people are really excited about Disney products. You you got some time in with it. How'd that go? So Disney Infinity is very 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 fun. The like the opening scene, they kind of go, they kind of take you through all the different Disney worlds, and characters pop out and talk to you, and it's like it's it's incredible. It was such a cool experience, and the nostalgia is in full effect. Now the game itself is very fun. I haven't got into it as much as I'd like to. But I got to try out how it works, and it works beautifully. Like, I would have Sully from Monsters University on the the portal where you teleport your characters into the game, and I would take them off and put Jack Sparrow, and it's just instant switching back and forth. I mean, they have their, the characters are not like skin swaps. They have their own abilities. They feel different. Like, when you put Lightning McQueen from Cars, he's like a car, so he com- he controls completely different. And the whole toy box thing is really fun. Like, I unlocked... Pride Rock, where I can put in my world. I had a power disc of like a Finding Nemo, and it made the whole theme Finding Nemo, changed the music, did all that stuff. And I mean, you could jump into to Monsters University and sneak around and do missions, which is actually an uh, alternate story to Monsters University, so you get to see more of that world. And it's just, it's very fun. It's very, very well done. I mean, the game itself isn't the greatest game. It's not like the most fun, but for what it is, and it's kind of like Saints Row. It's for what it is and for being Disney, I just love it. And having those characters around my house is awesome. I'm just a sucker for those things. <laughs> so if you're I mean, if you're big into Disney, I mean they're obviously cashing in on into that. Um so you can play in your own little world. I know the graphics aren't like 
mind blowing or anything, but for that matter, but it's a cool way to interact with, I guess, your favorite characters. Yeah, if you, you have a play. family, it's like a no brainer. I mean, unless you like saving money, then you shouldn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you have a family that's big into Disney, you got some kids, I mean, I'm sure that all, I'm sure it's more than entertaining for that kind of item. So. But can I just tell you that, uh, Disney is like the master of marketing and nickel and diming you because in October they announced that the Toy Story set's coming out. Yeah. So you know how you have to buy a set to get and jump into the worlds. Right. So they have the play set that's Toy Story, but you would think it would be Woody and Buzz, right? Wrong. It's Buzz and Jesse, the cow, and Woody is separate. With <laughs> a different pack, yeah. right. So you, they're just... Of you course, gotta, like how could you have that? Like how could you have that game without Woody? Of course, they're gonna buy Woody. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's brilliant. It's well, it's I it's, know, it's, I it's, it's. I mean, Disney owns everything now. Yeah. I mean, they they're going to eventually own everything. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna. It's gonna be like Disney and Apple, and that they're gonna rule the world with money. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. Um, what what are the gaming you've been up? To? I mean, we did Saints Row and the Infinity. Well, I kind of also wanted to mention if you are kind of on the fence for a Wii U and you were kind of thinking about getting it, because there's a lot of good titles coming in the future. They announced a lot of release dates, but on November on October, uh, September 20th, sorry, <laughs> I could talk on September 20th, they are releasing a bundle with Wind Waker for three hundred dollars. Now this gets you the Wind Waker game, which is fifty bucks. It gets you the system. It gets you. You remember that Zelda book I got? Did you see that? It's like called Hyrule Historia. It's a, basically a history of all the Zelda games, timelines, behind-the-scenes stuff, a digital version of that. And the Wii gamepad is like embroidered with Zelda gold and little shapes and stuff. Fancy. So for $300, you basically get Wind Waker for free and a Wii U just in time for the new Super Mario game that's coming out in November, new Donkey Kong, Mario Kart and Smash Brothers next year, all this stuff. Like it... If you're into that and you were kind of on the fence and you love Wind Waker like I do, I mean this is this is a really good time to jump in on the Wii U. And if you don't want to spend four or five hundred dollars on the next gen systems and you want to save a little bit of money, this is it's a very good alternative. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're on the fence kind of about Nintendo and the Wii U, uh, then jump in. Uh, I will say for me, it's still not still not there yet. I mean, unfortunately, I mean I still have other games on the on the current gen that I want to play and pick up and buy. Uh, I'm going to get Battlefield 4 for the 360 for sure. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer locked in. Actually, I traded in Battlefield 3, and my friends want me to go back and get that's it again. They, <laughs> they are fanatics on oh, it. Man. I mean, I can't, I can't do it. They want me to go back to Mass Effect 3, Battlefield 3. They're even talking about Battlefield Bad Company 2. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> You're a part of the gamer's advocate. you got to stay current, brother. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't. I gotta. I gotta keep keep trudging forward here. Uh, I can't be held in the past uh, with gaming for too long. Um, so, like like Adam said, that's cool to get a, like a cool gold uh, thing. I know he was waiting on that for the DS, yeah. which didn't come yet. They they Whatever. launched that Pokemon one with with Pikachu's nubblies on there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we mentioned that. We probably did. Yeah, we did. I don't know. <laughs> it just it, never mind. I'm not even gonna get into it. So, um, so yeah, I mean that that's cool, you know, for the family, yeah, you know, this, pick that up. Yeah, and this is, I mean, I've I've said it publicly before that I do not really recommend getting a Wii U unless you're crazy like me and you just mm-hmm. love the new stuff. But I think for the first time, I would recommend getting a Wii U. Right. Like Pikmin's out, Zelda's out, and Mario's coming out. 
Donkey Kong's coming out. All the virtual console games are there. You can play the old Wii games, all the new games coming in the future. It's it really is a good time. I mean, I like it's it's still not over the PS4 or Xbox obviously, but like I, like I kind of said before it, as well, it shouldn't have to compete with that. It's it's not trying to be the same thing. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. It, it's definitely not. It's not in their league. It's not the same demographics. Um so so yeah, just letting you peeps know. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the good stuff. So anything else exciting you want to talk about or you want to wrap it up? What you think? I don't know. I don't I just want to go home and play Saints Row 4 for a while. Well, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 37 of the Gamers Advocate. As always, you can follow us at, at Gamers Advocate. If you want to follow me, I'm at Adam Bankhurst. I'm at Jack Whittington. And of course, Bill is at Bill Roberts Ish. You can like us on Facebook. Just follow the Blue Shield. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Get all our episodes delivered straight to your device. <laughs> and, and give us ratings, reviews. We really appreciate it. Um, we always want to thank Jesse, a.k.a. One Stop Panda Drop, for our theme song and logo. And, yeah, I mean, we really appreciate you guys. <laughs> Staying with us for 37 episodes. It's awesome. we got a lot of good stuff coming in the future. And kind of to end the show, since we were talking about it, I think... What better way to end the show than What is Love by Hathaway? <laughs> just to get you in the mood. Just imagine running around the city, flying, destroying things, dropping tanks while all listening to this beautiful song. Yes, they have a great soundtrack in there. And I will, one other thing, shout out to Extra Life. Check that out if you guys haven't already. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, we're going to have, we're going to be pushing that very, very shortly. So stay tuned. So basically, for the Gamer's Advocate, I'm Adam. Hey, I'm Jack. And for Bill as well, we hope you have a great night. Peace out, guys. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me.